Hooray Run Podcast, Episode 7. It's been nearly a month between episodes, but this installment is well worth the wait. It's Aaron Herman joining me, James Jimmer Rogers, in conversation. Aaron just wrapped up her Hope College running career with a national title in the NCAA Division III Women's 3,000-meter steeplechase, and she ran an 8-second personal best in the steeple on June 10th in Nashville at the Music City Distance Carnival. If you don't know much about the steeplechase, YouTube it, steeplechase track in the search bar, something like that. It's seven and a half laps around the track with a total of 35 barriers, including seven water jumps. It's wild. Aaron and I talk in detail about her national title in the steeple, her journey leading to that title, her fourth place finish at Cross Country Nationals last November, her endeavors off the course and track, personal valleys, her growing faith in the Lord, the role of her teammates and coaches, her latest student athlete award, what lies ahead for her, and more. Aaron has Hope College school records in the steeplechase, outdoor 5K, indoor 3K, and as the mile leg of the distance medley relay, the DMR. She's a three-time Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Association steeplechase champion, and she was MIAA MVP in both cross-country and track her senior year. She's a four-time All-American twice in cross-country, twice in the steeplechase, and she now owns the fourth fastest steeplechase in women's D3 history. The conversation is over an hour and a half long, but that makes up for the lack of pods in the last month, and it's well worth the listen, all hour and a half plus of it. Apologies for the dog barks early-ish in the conversation. That's my dog, Frankie. He's a fan of the podcast, but needs to do better at harnessing his feedback every now and then. Before we get to the conversation, you know it. My friend, Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you gotta drop that beat for us. Joining me on the line now, it's Aaron Herman, who represented Hope College at the NCAA Division III Outdoor Track and Field Championships May 25th to 27th, and she took home a national title in the 3,000-meter steeplechase for the women. Aaron, it's been a crazy, hectic last month and a half, big races, finishing up school, graduating, article features, other awards and honors. Went down to Nashville and raced a week ago. You're working summer camps now, is that right? Yeah. Um, I'm right now working as a uh, assistant coach for my high school's summer running camp. And I'm also doing some inclusion camps. So that's basically if there's any camps with kids with special needs that want to go to a camp, I would go to that camp and just kind of be a one-on-one person for that camper and help him or her do whatever the camp is doing to make sure that they feel included. Great. How long does that camp go? Is it throughout the summer or is it just a week, two weeks? Um, well, I'm 
sent to whichever, to a bunch of different camps that I'm needed at. So some camps only last a week, other camps will last a whole month. It really depends on the camp that they're sending me to. Right now, I'm just kind of subbing a bunch of different camps, so I haven't done anything too steady yet. Is this near hometown in Wheaton, Illinois? Yeah, so they sent me to camps all over the Wheaton area, so Wheaton, West Chicago, Naperville type places. Got it. Going to get into racing here. You've The last three weeks, you've had outdoor national championships, then two weeks go by, and you're down in Nashville for the Music City Distance Carnival. How did you get down to Nashville? What went into the training for that and the game planning? Why why that race? What was how did that come to be? Yeah. So Nationals ended and I was just on cloud 9. I could not have asked for a better end to my season, but I still I still kind of felt like I could have given more. I could have ran faster, but I didn't want to be disappointed about that. So I was just ha- I was ecstatic about the fact that I won and I thought that was just going to be it but then I got a Facebook message from this guy named Dave who is the meet director of the Music City Distance Carnival and he invited me to come to Nashville and run this race and he told me all about it and said that a bunch of several professionals come and run in this race and he thinks it would be a great opportunity for me to um, run and run faster than I ever have before. And he shared with me a, a couple different stories of different girls who won nationals or ran races and they did well, but he could almost tell that they still had a little bit more left in them. So he invited them to come out and they came out and they ended up running lifetime PRs. And so I just thought maybe this is, maybe this is God's way of telling me that I, I can't quit just yet. I need to try one more time. And so I went out and, I mean, first the training to get there, Yeah, I was, part of me was kind of ready to be done. I was exhausted from such a long season, but I still had that fire. I still was excited to keep going. So uh, Coach Nordheis was, who already does so much for me, agreed to give me some workouts and help me prepare for this meet. And our assistant coach, Patrick, Mm-hmm. He ran several workouts with me. So I had a, a, some really great support during my training for that. So that lasted a couple of weeks. And then I drove down as a little um, road trip with one of my friends, Sarah. We drove down together and I showed up. And it was one of the most intimidating meets <laughs> of my entire life, being surrounded <laughs> by all these professional athletes. And I just felt very like small (laughs) all these all these girls but I was really excited to get to at least have the experience I knew no matter what happened I was just excited that I got the opportunity and had this experience but once that race went off and the the it started off so fast faster than I started the race before and I wasn't I was getting kind of nervous because my friend Sarah was reading me my splits and they were faster than what I'm used to. And I was a little nervous that I was going to die, but I just kept going for it. And I never really did die. And, that's, and then I crossed the finish line and saw my time. And I was just 
over the moon. I could not believe it. I was I was just going and hoping to break ten twenty, but the fact that I got ten thirteen, I was I was ecstatic. Incredible. I mean, you went into May with a ten twenty seven PR, right? And yeah, it's sorry, we're in er, uh, mid June, and you're yeah. at ten thirteen. I I saw the quote. I think you gave it to the Holland Sentinel. You did say running with professional athletes is kind of intimidating, as you just mentioned, and. This this meet does attract big names. You had Laura, Laura Raisler and Jenny Simpson in the 800, Sarah Vaughn, Stephanie Garcia in the 1500, and then in your race, you have women with Olympic trials experiences. You have the D2 steeple record holder, Emily Oren. Yeah. You also have another like world championship qualifiers. So when you're towing that line, are you expecting, you're probably expecting the quick start, but Correct me if I'm wrong, at, at Nationals, D3, uh, you're looking for like, what, 80 to 82 seconds per lap? Is that what your goal pace uh, was? I was aiming more for 83s, 84s. Okay. Okay. And then at uh, Music City, I was running around 80s, 81s. Got it. So early on, you can tell. We're moving, and I just yeah. got to hold on. But you found yeah. your stride. Did you feel like so? You felt like you give more after ten twenty one at nationals. How about after ten thirteen? What were you thinking? Um, actually, I crossed the finish line feeling like I could have. I could have gone faster. Yeah. Um, I I was kind of terrified during the race about how fast it was all going, and I was worried I was going to die. And I knew that I was on pace to PR. So I didn't, I didn't continue to push it much faster. I just kind of stayed there. And so I crossed the finish line. Obviously, I was exhausted. I just PR'd by eight seconds. So I was very tired. But I definitely felt like I could have given a little more. Granted, I could have also just been adrenaline-filled from just running a race with a bunch of professionals. But How soon, it, how soon after D3 Nationals did the director contact you? So that was May 27th was your steeple final in Ohio yeah. and then was it like same day or next day um I think he messaged me about two days after that race okay and had you taken a couple days off right after yeah I had I had taken a couple days off and I was also kind of nervous I mean I know two days off is not that big of a thing but I was kind of nervous my whole training that those two days off were really going to hinder me but yeah they didn't <laughs> Did Coach Nordice travel down to Nashville with you? No, he didn't. He had other commitments, but he yeah. he texted me a lot and was very supportive through it all. Sure, I think Flow Track was there, and yeah, was this was your race under the lights too? Yeah, it was. It was so cool, and I was really. It was cool that it was under the lights, and it was cool in the sense of like colder, which was wonderful because all day it was really hot. So I was really happy that my race ended up being at night that's a plus for sure yeah did you talk to the winner emily oren yeah i did because she's Um, from hillsdale another michigan college and now running professionally she won in 940 got the world championship standard just wondering if you spoke with her at all i did uh her and i actually her her sister and i did a um in holland sentinel article interview together so we I had met her before, and 
at the meet, she said hi to me and we chatted just a little bit before the race. And then after the race, I caught up with her and we were cooling down together. And she told me that she was just so excited because she hit that time and yeah. that she was going to, um, she hit the United, uh, I don't even know what it's called, <laughs> but the Olympic standards time. And uh, she was just over the moon. And then she asked me how I did. And I told her and I felt ridiculous for saying, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm 10, 13, woo, well, when she just got 940. But she was really happy for me. She's the nicest person. And she, I'm sure, was impressed. I think she said in the article, like, a big PR for you. I mean, she was definitely proud of you for going down and just entering yourself in the race. That takes guts in and of itself just to say, hey, I'm going to take on some experienced professionals and some sub-950 steeplers and just see yeah. what I got. And we're pr- as a Hope alum, I'm super proud of you and that performance. And uh, I want to now get more into just the journey to hope and then like a few of the big races cross country and track, um, at hope, uh, you're from Wheaton, as we said earlier, Wheaton, Warrenville South. Mm-hmm. Did you run all four years of high school? Were you a two sport, three sport athlete? When did running become, uh, sort of this, this clear vision of, I, m- I w- might want to take this to the next level. Yeah. So I ran, Actually, it kind of started in elementary school. I ran a little bit then, but I hated it. I hated (laughs) it so much. And so then I transitioned to volleyball. And then when I came to high school, I had to choose between volleyball or cross country. And I was told that the cross country team is just a really strong family unit. And I decided that that's something I wanted to be a part of. So I decided to do cross country. But I still hated it. And I hated it basically up until junior year I, I every practice I tried to get out of it and fight it every meet I just <laughs> I don't know I just right. didn't very much but my coach always knew that I was capable of do of being able to achieve great things if I could just you know get my head out of my butt <laughs> but I um, yeah so then junior year during track he put me in a varsity four by eight race and I was the anchor and I ended up running a huge PR because I was really scared of letting this varsity four by eight down. And so then I, he put me in some varsity practices and I just kind of get getting faster and faster. And, um, my four by eight team ended up going to state and we ended up winning state that year. And we set the, we were the first four by eight team in Illinois to, get under nine minutes and it was it was kind of that moment when I realized that I I learned that whole hard work helps you achieve things you never thought you could type of lesson so Mm -hmm. then I came back senior year for cross country excited to to actually work hard this time and um, I gradually began to fall in love with running and then um, I started being recruited to run by Nordy or Co- Coach Nordheis. Yeah, we can call him Nordy from here on out. Okay. Yeah. I started um, being recruited from Nordy, and I don't know. I just I, then I started looking into Hope and um, just kind of fell in love with the school and decided to run for Hope, and then it just kind of took off from there. 
Yeah, you told the Hope Athletics site, they asked why did you choose to attend Hope, and you said athletics, great educa- education program, and it's strong Christian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were education and special ed at Hope, correct? Yes. And that was appealing right off the bat, like after first visit, talking to other uh, career developers and professors when you were looking into colleges? Yeah, I knew I wanted to do elementary special, or well, I knew I wanted to do special ed, but I started off secondary. But uh, I was actually thinking about going to Illinois Wesleyan or Wheaton College, but Hope has a phenomenal education program. And Mm -hmm. talking to the professors, I could tell that they were just really caring and passionate about their students and about education and I was told that, I mean, Michigan State University has one of the best teacher preparation programs, and I was told that Hope College has basically as good of a teacher preparation program, but it's just at a small school, and I thought that was a phenomenal thing, and that definitely drew me to Hope. And you felt like you could make a pretty quick impact on both cross-country track teams at a Division three school? Is that also what appeal to you? Yeah, uh, I had one call with Nordy that I I think about every once in a while, yeah. and he told me that I was, he just, it was, wasn't even a big deal, but he just said that he saw me as one of his top recruits, and that was kind of the first time that I felt like I could be competitive in this in this type of sport and and I was desired as an athlete and Mm. so I kind of knew that and I came into hope as a freshman with this with this mental determination that I was going to live up to what he expects me to be and I was going to help make an impact on the team and I ended up I think I was uh fifth on the team my freshman year and so that was just really exciting to be able to live up to that. Yeah, I remember you scoring points and and making an early making your name known fairly early. But however, we had one year of overlap at Hope, your freshman year, my senior yeah. year. Um not to jump too quickly into like outdoor track sophomore year like speed this up, but there was a point where I started seeing your name pop up in in Hope Athletics articles and you mixing around with the top times in steeplechase your sophomore year and just thinking, holy cow, the gains she's made already in less than a year. <laughs> incredible. Sorry, that's my dog barking. Um, it's like, wow, Aaron, this is, I just want to dig deeper into what, you know, got into her and what maybe made her say I can, I can uh, make an impact, not just at the school uh, at this level, but at a national level too. Um, so the turning was there. I mean, you were eleven fifty steepler freshman year. How many times did you run it your freshman year? Or was that just um, kind of like an experiment? Let's see what I can do, steepler. Freshman year, it was kind of just an experiment. I had a foot, um, a little bit of a foot injury that I was still working through. Um, so I probably only ran it maybe two or three times, but. Even though it kind of gave me an injury, I knew that I was in love with that event and that okay. I wanted to keep going. That's what I wanted to know. If you knew after freshman year that like the outdoor focus would be steeple from 
sophomore to graduation because yeah, you, you were running 1500s and some miles indoor. Um, but then it really became, I, I think your sophomore year outdoor, uh, when you qualified for nationals in the steeplechase, um, Again, you knew after freshman year this was going to be the go-to event, but did you surprise yourself sophomore year, you know, still an underclassman qualifying for the D3 national meet? Yeah, I definitely did. I can remember at the beginning of sophomore year, the first one of the first outdoor meets. Um, I think you I think you had said that my time freshman year was like high 11s, I think. Yes. And then um at that, at this first meet my sophomore year, I was, coach had told me that he thinks I can run mid to low 11s. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, coach, <laughs> whatever you say. And so, and I ended up running, I can't remember off the top of my head, but low 11 time. And um, I kind of from there, I realized that I had improved a lot from freshman to sophomore year. And um, so that kind of spurred me on and kept me working really hard because I was really excited to see what I could do. And next thing I know, I was qualifying for nationals. And it was it was kind of really exciting, but kind of really terrifying because I knew I was going to be one of the youngest there. And I just kind of squeaked in. I think I, think I might have gotten in because someone else chose not to run it. Okay. I didn't even make it as in being the top 22 or whatever. I think I was 23rd and, and then put Just put on hold for a bit and happened to be a scratch and you were the fill-in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so and my experience at na- that Nationals, it was, it was just a good experience. I didn't end up going on to the finals, but um, – and I ended up – I think I just ran out. I ran really fast because – in the beginning because my first it was my first nationals and you know people when it's their first nationals they just get really excited and end up going out really fast and then end up dying and that's exactly what I did but it was a good learning experience and it helped me prepare for the next two years to come yeah that summer sophomore in the junior year now you're Ian cross and you had run at nationals cross country sophomore year right yes yeah so you had two National championship race experiences, both cross and track. Um, now you go into junior year. How is that summer of training going to junior year? How has your mindset changed when you're telling yourself, okay, now I'm an upperclassman. I'm a true leader of this team, both cross and track. Um, I got nationals experience in both seasons. Um, yeah, what's what's the mindset summer training going into junior year? Um, I definitely had a lot more confidence in myself and in my abilities having these national races under my belt. Um, but I still, I didn't know what to expect from the future, from future teams. And I, I didn't know if we were going to have some outstanding freshmen that were going to come in. And I knew that even though I did make it to nationals, I still had to work hard and I still had to push myself if I wanted to ensure my varsity spot and ensure that I could still be helpful for the team mm-hmm. um, so with that in my mind and just being excited to see if I could continue improving because I had improved so much from freshman to sophomore year I definitely worked 
really hard throughout the summer of junior year, which was tough because working out on you work out by yourself in the summer because you're not with your team. But yeah, I definitely worked really hard that summer. What did you finish MIAA wise cross country junior year? Do you remember? Um, I finished second. Second place, oh, and then Obin was first. Got it. And then you are. Hold on, I'm I'm fact checking on the fly right now because I <laughs> just had to refresh. So you're fourth at regionals, junior year. Yes. Is that a shock to you? Is that like holy cow? I'm I just finished top five at the Great Lakes regional. How did that catapult you into the national meet then, junior year? I was actually kind of pissed okay. because I was almost third, and <laughs> then I got fast red at the end. So that, in its own kind of way, spurred me on to nationals because I knew I didn't want to feel like that when I got to nationals. Sure. Um, so that definitely spurred me on to in my training up until nationals. Did you have expectations of all-American status going into that championship junior year? Was that I, on the radar? Yeah. Oh, it definitely was on the radar. Because you squeaked I, into that honor, too. 34th yeah, place. Yeah. I knew I was going to have to have a really good race to be an All-American. And I really I wanted it so bad. But mm-hmm. I knew that every other girl that's there, too, also wants it really bad. Um, and so during the race, I, I, I wasn't sure where I was. I kept hearing people shout random numbers at me, so I couldn't really make a sense of a good sense of where I was, but going, I can remember going down that final stretch and Nordy, the way sometimes that he does lied to me about my place and said that I needed to catch two girls to be all American. But I was, I was so, I was dead. I couldn't, I was trying to go faster, but my legs just wouldn't move any faster. And then girls started to pass me. And so in my mind, I was like, Oh my gosh, that that's it. I I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I was so upset and I crossed the finish line and I fell to the floor from exhaustion and just from pure sadness from thinking that I didn't do it. But then, (laughs) Um, but then I remember being in the tent, taking my spikes off. Yeah. Uh, I think it was one of our assistant coaches came over and he was all said, he said, you did it, Aaron, you did it. You were 34th. You did it. You're an American. <laughs> and then I just kind of started tearing up cause I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> Nordy got you there. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. I was so mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> then you, after... Nationals junior year cross, you you kept training, right, into that first Grand Valley indoor meet, 3,000 meters? Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. you went 10.03 um, early December 2015. Yes. Um, any talks with Nordy going into indoor, like, we're going to shoot for 3,000 at Nationals and just try to gun for an All-American spot indoor? Yeah, um, well, our sights were definitely set on outdoor, but we were thinking about indoor and knew that the 3,000 was going to be my focus event. And you, yeah, you qualified for the indoor championships, uh, finished 12th. Any recollection from from that race? Were you you ticked after that one? Did you think you could give more, or were you 
were you going to settle on that 12th place and say, all right, I'm going to take this, uh, this, another nationals experience and take it into outdoor and yeah. try to get after steeplechase? Um, I was pretty upset with it cause I really wanted top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the race, Amy Regan was in it and she's, she's been a force to be reckoned with her entire career in college. And so she took the race out really fast. And I think our first mile was a 507 or something. And so it was a lot faster than anything I was prepared for. And I was in the back. I was planning on resting in the back and then taking it after the first mile. But the first mile went out so fast, I ended up dying (laughs) and um, ended up getting 12th. And I was pretty bummed out about that. And it was kind of like my regional in cross country and how I would that disappointment spurred me on for future seasons sure did you was so you won steeplechase MIAA conference twice or three times I think three times three times so that that win sophomore year was your first big steeple victory yeah, at conference. Um, going into so wrapping up that indoor talk from junior year, you go outdoor and you you race a ten k as your first outdoor race. Oh, yeah, but that wasn't actually a racing. Me and okay. one of my teammates, Emily Josie, were helping one of our other teammates, Julia Stock. Yes, uh, we we were helping pace her for the ten k. Got it. That was the spring break at Emory. Yeah. And then uh, get a great win at Jim Cole Invitational that junior year outdoor, uh, mid-April. Go 10:44. Uh, I know I loved, I love talking goals with Norty throughout my career and just like yeah. the motivation he would give you. And he, he'd rattle off times to me. Same thing, like, kind of, are you, are you crazy, Norty? Like, we're really <laughs> going to get down to that or... I'm going to really vie for a championships in the, championship in the conference. and But it's like he kind of flabbergasts you at times, but it's also he's got so much belief in you. Yeah. Um, going into outdoor then, after that first steeple win mid-April junior year, uh, what's he telling you? What are you hearing from assistant coaches from Nordy on what your goal for the 3K steeple is junior year? Um, coming off that experience from national sophomore year, steeplechase um is there talk of all america is there talk of top five what what kind of goals are laid out um when you're getting into the heart of outdoor track junior year yeah um i think i going throughout the season i knew my sights were set on getting back to getting back to nationals and at least making it to finals yeah and Nordy had said that he he's very confident I could make it on the podium, even be top three. Hmm. And, you know, he said that. And I said, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and then the – but the season continues, and I think I was ranked – I think I was ranked third going into nationals. Okay. Um, but, yeah, all the assistant coaches and Nordy were all telling me that they – now that I've had that – sophomore year nationals under my belt and I've improved so much that I can I can be all American in the steeple and so then I I knew that I could do it they they told me I could do it and so 
I knew I could do it. And then going into nationals, I was ranked third. And every time Nordy would give me a little pep talk about nationals, he would kind of hint at the fact he thought that I could win it. He wouldn't straight out say it because <laughs> think he wanted to make me panic, but he definitely hinted at it. Yeah. And so that made me really nervous because I wasn't sure if that was something I was capable of doing. Um, so part of me went into that race just hoping to be top three, but then there's a little part of me that really wanted to win it. Sure. Let's talk that final, that junior steeple final. You know, four minutes in, it's still really bunched up. Uh, you're trying to find your position. Uh, finally, you know, under just under five minutes in to a, you know, ten and a half-ish minute race, you, you make a big move on the outside, get around a lot, mm -hmm. and... You know, six forty-five, six fifty-ish into the race, you take the lead. Uh, what's was that planned, or was that just I got to get moving, I got to get out of this crowd, and that's why you took the took the plunge there. You know, just under seven minutes into the race. Yeah, that was um, kind of me panicking about being in such a big crowd. I was not used to racing with so many people in this steeple, and especially just the way that I. I like to excel in and out of the barriers, and there actually aren't a lot of other girls that do that, at least not in the race that I was running, and so that kind of messed with my form, and I just started panicking and ended up taking it out, and when I was doing that, I was kind of kicking myself because from any, from so many past video, from any video of any running, running race ever, the person <laughs> who takes it out really fast too early, ends up dying, and then they lose. And <laughs> Is that going through your head at that time? Yeah, so I was kind of hating myself for doing it, but I was just in too much of a panic in the clump, so I had to go out. And then, of course, I ended up dying, and I ended up getting second place, which I was... Which is a stupid thing to be upset about, but I was definitely very upset about it. Well, let's not just say you ended up dying, because you made, you know, two laps to go, there's still like eight to nine women in contention for the victory um pretty strung out then going into the bell lap final lap uh and watching it like you make a pretty hard push at Jacqueline Huben, the winner from SUNY Geneseo yeah. like with 200 to go you make a you have a little surge in there she answered it quickly but I had to believe you know watching that race you know 200 to go when you make that quick little surge I mean you're kind of like back and forth with her and then you know, you just try to put the hammer down 200. Couldn't answer her answer to your... I'm saying answer and search so much right now. But just so, with 200 to go, did you... Was there belief, though? There... Because yeah. it didn't look like you completely... Maybe over the last water barrier, you maybe thought, okay, I, I'm died out. I just got to hold on for a second. Yeah. But, like, 200 to go, there was life in you. Yeah, there was... I definitely still wanted it, and I was pushing really hard for it, but I just don't think I wanted it enough. Okay. I think she wanted it more, and um, I just, I also just, so maybe I had the energy to keep going, maybe I didn't, but um, she just, you know, had a better surge at that end, and I tried, but I, I just wasn't in it for the win. And that was her senior year, too, and yeah. your junior year. What's the... Initial takeaway, crossing the line, second place at Nationals, going from not even making the final sophomore year to now you're runner-up. 
what's the first conversation with family, with Nordy, uh, in your mind? What's going through uh, Aaron Herman's mental mental intertwinings at that time? Um, as much as I hate to admit it, it was, in my mind, it was a lot of explicit words and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not happy feelings. Uh, I was just really upset with myself because I really... I really wanted to to come out on top, and the winning time ended up being right around my best time. And the time that I ran at the finals was a, was a little bit slower than what my time go what my top time going into that race was. Right. So I was just mad because I knew if I if I could have just run my P run my PR or at least close to it that I maybe could have done it, but I just did not have, have it in me to, to do that. So a lot of those conversations were people trying to cheer me up because I was all upset and, um, people trying to make me realize that second place in the nation is not, is not bad. Um, but it wasn't until maybe a few days to a week later that I started really being able to see it in a more positive light and realize the improvement that I, that I have made and, um, re get my sights or kind of take that anger and frustration and turn it into something more productive and, uh, propel me through training, um, through the summer for senior cross country and track. And even more underlying in this, in that anger or what could have been done better that junior year, um, even more personal, on a more personal level. An, an article came out this May, late May, just before uh, Nationals, Outdoor Nationals. Um, Dan Diadana of the Holland Sentinel, who had, did a phenomenal job of covering your career those last two or three years. Dan mm -hmm. Diadana of the Holland Sentinel really uh, kept us in the loop with what was going on in your running career. And just late May this year, um, uh, you opened up to Dan about struggles with eating disorders, uh, bulimia and anorexia going in back to your junior year, um, almost starting, you know, summer, sophomore into junior year and how, you know, not having that push the last 200 of the steeple final your junior year, like this eating disorder, uh, could have played into that. And you just were really, you were vulnerable to, the Holland Sentinel and you opened up. I just want to know uh, what led you to open up like that. Was it Dan's questions or was it just you? You're like, this is time for me to, to let uh, more of the public eye know what I was going through. How did that come to be? And just the timing of that article coming out this May, just before this year's nationals. Yeah. Um, well, going into that interview, I had read a lot about Oh my gosh, I'm so blanking on her name. What's <laughs> who's that really good athlete who struggled with eating disorder? And she, uh, was it was it Lauren Fleshman article? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, she went to Michigan State, I think. The runner Aaron's referring to here is Rachel Schulist, and she did indeed go to Michigan State. So she posted several different things about her eating disorder and how she has worked through that and how she's become a, a happier person now that she's um, found a way to fight that. 
and I was really inspired by her sharing her story. And so going into my interview with Dan, I kind of thought maybe maybe I could help others if I shared my story. So I just kind of thought that I would, if, if the time, if the opportunity arose, I would say something about it. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted to um, uh, elaborate on, on that topic, then I would go with it. But if he didn't, then it, we would just move on. And so, but I said something about it during the interview and he started to ask more questions and details about that part of my life. And, um, I just ended up opening up to him about all my story and struggles with all that. Yeah. And he said in the article, the first big step toward overcoming the eating disorders was to talk about it, to bring it out from underneath and talk to teammates, family, uh, then to coaches and, Eventually, you met with a dietitian mm-hmm. and just gave you a game plan on how to approach this and how to tackle it and kind of rid yourself of these struggles. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah any more? I was just thinking, was it how tough was it to open up and uh, meet with a dietitian? Was there skepticism or was it you knew this was the time, it was in God's time, and this is what had to be done? Yeah. Um, I mean, opening up, opening up was definitely very hard just because I knew what I was doing was unhealthy, but, um, I mean the, this, the start of it all came because I wanted, cause I had become, um, hopes. I was number one for hope for cross country junior year. And so I now felt like I had this pressure to continue to be number one and continue to help my team as much as I have been. And so, um, with that pressure on me, I don't know, I just ended up, um, becoming very concerned with what I was eating and my weight. And, um, it became into, it turned into an eating disorder and I knew, I knew it was unhealthy and I knew I should talk to someone about it, but that is such a hard thing to do because you know, once you tell someone about it, they're going to try to make you stop and you don't really want to stop. But I knew that I had to. So I ended up telling uh, one of my good friends who I knew also struggles with struggles with that. And I told her and she was such a great support to have. And um, she helped me kind of work through that. And then I um, started opening up to a few other friends and then um, opened up to, I ended up telling my parents because my friends pushed me to tell my parents about that. And then eventually coach, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely hard to open up about all of that because I just, I didn't, I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep losing weight, but I knew that this was not a healthy thing to do. And then when um, senior year, when Nordy, wanted me to go to the dietitian. It, he gave me her number and it actually took me a very long time to call her because I knew exactly what she was going to say. Mm-hmm. And cause I had become very obsessed with counting my calories and everything like that. And I knew she was going to tell me to stop. And I eventually called her and I went in and that's exactly what she said. She told me I had to stop counting my calories and I tried doing it, but it was 
really, really hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it really, I said this in um, the article, but it really wasn't until um, after spring break senior year when I, when we had gone to Florida and there wasn't enough time for me to count my calories. So I just had to eat when I was hungry and hope that I wasn't gaining weight. And then when we got back from that, I, I beeline straight to the scale and weighed mm. myself and saw that I didn't gain any weight. And I really, I just felt so much stronger and happier and healthier. And it was kind of at that moment when I realized that that it's okay to eat when you're hungry. And so, but yeah, it was, it was definitely very hard to open up throughout the whole thing. So that was after spring break this senior year, just this past season. Yeah. When it really, you had the revelation and it definitely became um, way less of a distraction and you just felt like you overcame it. That was after spring break. Because I remember in the article, I think you said it it was getting better like midway through cross season. Is that correct? Yeah, it it started getting better. But that was more so because during cross country, my mileage is higher. So I knew that I was running more. And so I didn't feel like I had to stress as much about what I was eating because I knew that I could just kind of run it off, run off whatever I was eating. Mm -hmm. Um, But then going into track season when I'm not running as many miles, then it really started weighing heavily on me again. Let's go back then to, or now move forward to cross country senior year. So you, you're off the runner up high from outdoor nationals, steeplechase. You're going into summer training now for hopefully a a big finale of cross country Mm. you said junior year you were upset over that fourth place finish at regionals you you should have been third then you you go out and fast forward all the way to regional cross country senior year you win it Mm. handily and then in an interview with hope athletics you say you kind of shocked yourself is that true you shocked yourself by winning that regional title yeah, I I definitely did. I was very nervous going into that race because um, there's a lot of talented girls in our region. Like Sarah Fowler, I knew that she was definitely going to be someone I had to keep my eye on. And mm-hmm. um, so I had no idea what to expect. And I just went into it knowing that I was going to make it hurt as much as I could make it hurt. And just and whatever the outcome was so be it. Um, but the fact that I was able to win it and win it by as much as I did, I was definitely in utter disbelief. (laughs) Do you go into nationals then thinking top five? All right. I have a little anecdote. I watched your 5k at Ridgepoint, the first race of the year, cross country, your senior year. Mm -hmm. I was there spectating and after seeing you go 17, 30s at, on the Ridgepoint 5k course I, I I promise you I put my arm around a couple of my friends I said Aaron Herman's gonna be top five at, nat- <laughs> at nationals what? no I really did I told three or four guys and I said what I just saw today I said that's that was domination and I think if, if Aaron stays healthy this is gonna be a top five finish at nationals in Louisville 
and yep. you you came through for me. You go to nationals, <laughs> and I'm watching on the live stream, and you just you put yourself in pretty good position early. Were you happy? You you finished fourth. I'm going to spoil it. You finished fourth because um, I just want to get into like right off the gun. Uh, are you positioned well? Are you feeling good going into the going into race day? Yeah, I felt good going to race day. I was terrified out of my mind because <laughs> my last cross country race ever, and I did not want to be disappointed. But I was ranked third going into it, um, and I I mean I knew once. Once that gun goes off, it's anybody's race. You don't know what's going to happen, what people are going to feel like, what you're going to feel like. Um, so that gun goes off, and it goes out blazing, and um, it never really slowed down. And I just was not used to something like that. In all my previous races, I it really didn't start hurting until the last mile or so. But for this, it definitely was hurting through almost the entire race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had put myself in a good position and, um, so during the race, the Amy Regan, you know, she takes it out. She's long gone. (laughs) And then, um, the second, the girl in second place, she takes it out pretty hard too. So she's, she's made some good distance. And then, um, the girl who got third, I remember she came up and around me and she was just cooking. And I think she was smiling too. So. (laughs) She looks like she was just breezing through this whole thing. Um, and But I knew that I had to, you know, keep pushing. And um, so I actually didn't realize, I I saw a picture of the the final stretch. And it, it was me and like six other girls right behind me. And I didn't realize that there was that many people right behind me. And no one was able to tell me that because... You know, at at nationals, it's just people lined up, and you only hear screaming. That's yeah. all. Um, and so I'm running down that final stretch, and Sarah Fowler is neck and neck with me. She comes out from behind me, and it's her and me, and we are just fighting it through that whole final stretch. And we cross the finish line, and we lean at the exact same time. So I knew that our times were, you know, basically the ex- exactly the same thing, and I. So then after the race finished, I looked up at the scoreboard and I was just staring at the scoreboard looking to see. And her and my time on that scoreboard were the exact same. So, And it, it went up to uh, hundredths. So that means that our times must have differed by the thousandths. Holy um, cow. And so I kind of I, I felt like it was a blessing and a jip to Sarah because I'm just tall and I feel like that helped. Um so when I leaned, I was just able to lean farther because I'm just taller. Um, but, yeah, so then I ended up finishing fourth place. And um, I remember I saw that I was fourth. I was extremely excited. And then I started bawling my eyes out because that was it. It was over. Um, so it was a lot of emotions when I crossed that finish line. And you have an entire team squad there racing. So you cross, you start crying, but are you thinking – I got to see where my teammates are coming in here. Oh because, yeah. 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 So I'm, I, I, I was just a mess. I was so excited and I was crying and then I turn around and I'm looking for my teammates. And so I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, like wiping <laughs> my face. And I was, um, cause I knew that our team had uh, a chance to be top 10. Um, but we just had to pull through. So 
and so I was watching for my teammates and I saw them coming in and they were doing so well, but obviously I didn't know what places people were getting. Um, but they looked like they had set themselves up for an excellent race and they came in so like strong, obviously tired, but very strong. Um, so I knew that we had a good chance of getting top 10 and, um, I was just so excited for, I was excited for myself. I was like excited for everyone because everyone seemed to have ran such a great race. So it just was all around a really great day. And then we ended up, uh, I think we ended up getting 10th. Yes. Yes. 10th. Yeah. Um, so that was just, it was, it was an amazing day. And you don't have much time to breathe between nationals and your first indoor race. Because, again, you, you, took, you, you kept training through, and you went December 2nd at Grand Valley. You raced the 3K. So that was just – did you run the day after cross nationals, or did you just – did you take any time off before that 3K uh, at Grand Valley? I might have taken a day off. I'm not entirely sure, though. I, okay. I actually am going to say no. I no. probably did not take any time off. Um, I mean, obviously we were tapering through that, but, uh, yeah, so we kept going through, um, until that December 3rd meet and I went into it with the goal of qualifying for, um, for nationals at that race so that I could spend the, um, the rest or most of indoor season just training through and not having to worry about um, qualifying and it was kind of a blessing that I ended up qualifying at that meet that early yeah reaction which kept me out from running basically the entire indoor season how soon after that 944 3k did the stress reaction show itself um it really started to show itself during Christmas break when I was running because after after that December 3rd meet I took my couple of weeks off and then I started training again over break and then my legs started feeling really it just felt weird and it hurt when I was stepping um and then I got back to school and I didn't really want to tell coach because I knew he would like make me stop but I ended up telling him and um I went and got an, an x-ray and an MRI and they told me that I had a stress reaction and I thought I thought my whole season was over and I was so upset because I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't able to have a strong last senior season. And I felt like I wasn't able to help my team when I really wanted to be able to be there and help my team. Um, so it was definitely a devastating moment. Was there even fear looking to outdoor like this might derail my outdoor season and throw things way off? Yeah, definitely, because I was told that I would have to not run for at least a month. I mean, I was able to cross-train, but if you want to be a better runner, you got to run. At least that's what my high school coach always told me. So um, it was – I thought that basically my entire indoor and outdoor season was over. Yeah, fortunately, you did secure the spot with that early December 3K for nationals. I mean, your, your indoor resume senior year is just crazy. I mean, it's three races. It's that 944 3K early December. Then you're, you're feeling better 
late February because you entered a DMR and yeah. uh, you ran the mile leg, right? Yeah, I did. I ran okay. the mile. And I, uh, it was, like you said, it was my um, first race getting back. And I was, I had no idea what my, what time I was going to be able to run. I wasn't planning on going to indoor nationals. I thought I had just lost any, anything that I had, but then I ended up running that mile leg and ran a lot faster than I thought I was going to be able to. And so it was after that race when I decided that I would go ahead with indoor nationals. Yeah. You told the, the Sentinel that you were, you were hoping for maybe a 520 in that DMR. You ran 509. And so that really boosted the confidence. And then, uh, but going in, you know, a couple weeks later, here come indoor nationals and you're not super sure what's the talk with Nordy. And you, you also told the paper that you were just in a, you were in complete inner turmoil going into nationals. What was, what's the thought process going into that race? Yeah, I, um, had a lot of meltdowns going into that race. I, I didn't want to be let down. I didn't want to be embarrassed. Um, Nordy kept telling me that, I mean, whatever happens, happens and that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be worried about, um, about being let down. Like I can't have that mentality. I have to go into it fighting and believing in myself. Um, but I definitely was really, really nervous and, um, yeah, there was, one specific time the day before um nationals that i was we were watching a race and there was a girl who was expected to win the race or get second or something but she just had a really bad cramp and she ended up falling way behind and then i realized like that could be me i have no idea what i can run in a 3k and so then i kind of ran outside and i just started having a panic attack Mm -hmm. And then coach came out and, um, he just kind of sat me down and said that like he was proud of me no matter what happens. And that, um, I just got to give it my all in this race and whatever happens that I shouldn't worry about it. And that he was proud of me no matter what. I thought one of the coolest stories from around that race done by the Sentinel again, Dan Diadana, um, (laughs) covered covered the race and a great story from that indoor 3k at nationals was before the race you you got the group of girls together in a huddle and you just you asked them straight up do you want to pray do you want to because you were again your mind's racing at a million miles per hour you're anxious uh mind's playing tricks and you just you you turn to god and then you ask the other competitors if if they want to pray with you and just tell that story again what came of that um i was just i was really terrified again of of the race and i was nervous about what was going to happen and um so then i did start turning to god and i was talking to god and trying to um just trust in him. And I kept asking him to help calm me down. And then I was looking around at the girls and I saw that they, they were in the same boat. I was, they were all really nervous and, um, didn't, you know, cause no one knows what's going to happen during this race. And 
Um, so I just kind of felt compelled to ask if they wanted to pray. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know if they had much of a faith, but I figured that it, it wouldn't, that maybe it would help them feel better. And if it doesn't, then probably no harm, no foul. So, um, I just kind of asked them if they wanted to say a prayer and they, they at first kind of looked at each other. They weren't really sure, but then some of them were like, yeah, okay. And then they all came in and we all came together and I just prayed for us to all to run our very best and to be comforted and, um, by God and know that like he's with us during the race and that whatever the outcome is that we may be, um, that we may accept, accept that outcome and, um, and just be proud of ourselves no matter what. That's cool. That's awesome that you led the charge too. It was another, I was, I was proud of you. It was another story I read. I was like, I'm, I'm just proud of Aaron. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. It was, it was a great story. And, uh, you go on in the race, you, you run 952 and change, you finish ninth, but be honest with me, Aaron, how, how healthy are you in that race? Like out of a hundred percent, what are you, are you 70%, 80? Like what's, where are you health wise for that, that indoor 3k national championship race? Um, I, I don't really know how healthy I was. I mean, I had run two, maybe three running work, running workouts before that race. All my other workouts the entire season were um, cross training. And so I didn't, I don't really know where I was physically, but mentally, I don't think I was, um, I was 100%. I definitely had been hindered by, um, being, being injured over the season. So meant physically, I don't know, mentally, I'd have to say I was maybe at a 75, 80%. Gotcha. And then a week goes by, boom, you're on spring break for outdoor season. And right off the bat, you make a couple statements at Emory, um, both at the Emory invite going down to Florida and then Emory Classic on your way back to Michigan. Uh, you you run the steeplechase outdoor just a week after that ninth place finish at Indoor Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, you win it in 10.50. Uh, then, well, first, is that... Was that surprising to you, or were you just in that week after nationals, indoor nationals, and traveling down with the team to Georgia for this Emory invite? Uh, were you pleased with that result, ten fifty for the win? Um, no, <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. I I didn't really know what to expect. I knew I had had a long season, and that um, I really I I kind of just wanted to finish the race. But before that race. Nordy had told me that he thinks by the end of the season, I could run in the 10 tens. And <laughs> by this point, my best time was a 10 40. And so he wow. told me that. that was, that was the, of all the times where I didn't believe Nordy, that was the biggest one. Uh, <laughs> I just thought he pulled that number straight out of his butt. There's no way there's no chance ever that I could run something like that. But at that race, I had that in the back of my mind and I got really excited. And so then I started off really fast and I ended up dying. And so that's why my time was a 10:50, which isn't a bad time. No. But 
I, I just knew that if I had run a smarter race, I could have run faster. So I was pretty disappointed by that. But I was also, um, I knew that I could learn from that race and uh, learn from the fact that I went out too fast. So I was dis- disappointed by my time, but I was happy that if I was going to make a bad move in a race, that it happened early on. And then you go down to Florida for a week of training. Pretty stress-free, smooth training down in Florida? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was dealing with the eating stuff, so that mm-hmm. was on my mind a lot, and that stressed me out a good amount. But um, I was healed from my injury, and, um, I mean, student teaching had been a lot because I was student teaching that semester. And so that was definitely a nice stress-free just stress-free for the most part focus on training and so that was um that was a probably a good turning point for me in my training and mentality in terms of the eating stuff and then emory classic on the way back up after spring break i see this result online and it just kind of blows me away you you break sherry mccormick's school record in the 5k um, you go 1703, win by a healthy margin. Um, is that, was that at 1703 at that point of the season, you know, we're in, we're in late March and you're almost cracking 17, setting a school record. How about that race? Are you, is that the catapult into this is going to be a special season in the steeplechase for me? Yeah, it definitely was. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and the fact I ran that time, I was pretty excited and knew that, um, that this season I was going to achieve things that I never thought that I could, but you know, me being me, I was actually kind of disappointed with that time because I was so close to breaking 17 (laughs) and I didn't, but, um, I did find it in myself to be proud of the fact that I still ran a time I never thought I was able to Absolutely. Yeah, there's always, as runners, we can always, if it's a great race, if we win or we set a record, PR, there's always something more, you know, barrier-wise or place-wise or it's hard to satisfy us. And even run, yeah, like you said, running the school record but being four seconds off from the 1659. Yeah. It nags at you a bit. And then just speeding up outdoor, you ran just it looks like two steeples you ran at, at Hillsdale Gina Relays and mm-hmm. then that was your your national qualifier 1027 yeah and then MIAA you go back to oh that's your third straight victory um MIAA steeple crown that's the yeah. Michigan Intercollegiate Intercollegiate Athletic Association um and then it's to nationals. So just two two steeples before uh, you go to nationals, and you enter yourself both in the steeplechase and the 5K for nationals in Ohio. Um, was that known all along that you were going to use that 1703 and, and run the 5K at nationals along with the steeplechase? Uh, no, I wasn't really sure. Um, Nordy said that he thought I might be able to squeak into the 5k with that time. I didn't know if I wanted that on my mind during, um, nationals. So I was kind of starting to lean towards not running it, but, um, I 
I was talking to um, some friends and uh, one of our assistant coaches, and they kind of made me realize, like, why why not? Why the heck not? The steeplechase would be over, and um, and it I might as well go for it, see what I can do, mm-hmm. because I still had never bra- broken 1703, and I did want to see if I could do that. I mean, I knew that since I would have just run a steeplechase, the fact that me being able to break 17 was probably a long shot, but I still figured, why not go for it? <laughs> 1721 is what you ended up with. That was the same day as the steeple final, correct? Yep. Saturday. Um, And that steeple final, so we're in Ohio, D3 Outdoor Track and Field Championships. You're the runner-up from last year. You enter this race. um, You were number one, right, going in with the the 1027? Yeah. And then... uh, you you like to you like to get out quicker in these steeples, so you take the lead, you know, around first water jump. Um, pretty bunched again, you know, we're we're two three laps in, but then about a mile to go, we see some separation, strung out. Um, then about six minutes in, you and Allison Lindsay, Allison who's of a uh, wash you, and she's. She's a strong runner in her own part. I think she was fifth in, in the steeple last year. And yeah. then like top 15 at, at cross nats. And so you got Allison Lindsay on your heels. And it's it, it's you and her for um, a, about, what, four or five minutes together? Yeah. yeah. Take me through that then when you and Lindsay, uh, Allison Lindsay, create separation. Yeah. Um I mean, I knew going into that race that I had to watch out for Allison because she um, she has improved so much um, during her career, and she um, I had done a little bit of research on her races, and a lot of her races she ran really great times without a lot of um, competition. So I knew that she had a lot left in her. Um, so it came down to her and I, and I was definitely getting nervous. I, I didn't know what she still had in her. Um, but I, I had told coach going into it that, um, I mean, a lot of nationals races, they, they're very strategically ran. So generally people don't PR because it kind of ends up being a last 800 meter race because people will sit for most of it and then just kick for that last 800 and I knew I didn't want to do that I didn't want to lose just because I didn't have a bigger kick um so I was pushing for that PR and Allison was right there (laughs) and um she and then with about 800 to go I was still feeling pretty good and I knew that I I had to go now or else Um, I didn't know what was going to happen. So then I started pushing and I could feel her starting to get tired and, um, kind of pull back a little bit. Um, and that's, but then I just kept pushing. And then for that final lap, um, I could see myself in the, in the screen, they were shooting us and I could see us in the screen and I knew that she was still pretty close behind me. Um, so I just started going as fast as I could, but I didn't know 
I said this in a different interview. I, I didn't know how close she was, if she was gaining on me. All I heard was screaming, so I just <laughs> knew I had to keep running faster. And then going down that final stretch when I saw in that big screen that I um, that she wasn't right on my tail, I, it was then that I realized that I actually did it. I, I actually won the steeplechase. You check the screen, you see the clock, you see a PR, 10.21. Yeah. You kind of you give several fist pumps and you you're tired. I mean, you said at, you said at the onset of this podcast you felt like you had more than 1021 in you, but you were you gave it I mean, you gave it a lot of effort for that race. Kind of wobbly after just Oh yeah. on your knees on the infield. Um are you praying at that time or are you just trying to get your senses what's going on when you cross the line, you get on the infield after uh, knowing you're <laughs> national champion i i wasn't even thinking that i was just i was just kind of in disbelief about what had just happened so i was really just kind trying to register what just happened so i was i definitely felt like i had more in me and but like you said i was very tired i ended up falling down in the in in the infield um but i do think part of that was just me being dazed from the fact that I had just won and kind of in disbelief by the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't really have a lot on my mind at that moment. Um, but I was definitely very excited. Did you talk to Allison after the race? Yeah, I talked to a lot of the girls in the race. Actually, we all kind of cooled down together as we were running around the infield, um, watching the guys steeplechase. And, Allison and I talked and I was, I was a little nervous because I knew how I felt when I got second. Um, but she seemed, she was so sweet. Actually, a, a couple of the girls came up to me afterwards and thanked me for, uh, cause I had prayed for us, um, before that race and they came up to me and thanked me for the prayer that I had said. And they said that if anyone was to win, they were glad that it was me. And so wow. they, were just really sweet about the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I talked to Allison and she was really excited because she got a big PR and all the girls were just, we were all just happy because a lot of us ran big PRs and we were all just kind of happy for each other. Where's the trophy now? Where's your national championship trophy? Is it with you and Wheaton? <laughs> yeah, my um, parents in our basement, the three of us kids have these shelves of fame with all of our trophies <laughs> up, and so that is smack dab in the center of my shelf. What's your What are your first words to Nordy after you win a title? Um. So I think my first words were probably when he was giving out the trophies, and I hugged him, and I, I had said I was like trying not to cry, and I just said thank you, thank you so much. I couldn't have done this without you. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a good moment. A memorable, memorable moment indeed. Yeah. And did you? You said you went down with the, or how many teammates were there? Did you have many of of hope athletes there cheering yeah. you on? Yeah. The other people went down. Nick Solomon went down for the eight hundred. Um, Allison Rich went down for the half, and Benjamin Peterson went down for the steeplechase. Yep. Cool. I like a lot of your quotes in, in these article features and in video interviews. You 
you give a lot of credit to the teammates and that this this podcast is focused on you but I know how much teammates have gotten you through the peaks and valleys of a collegiate running career how you actually can't do it without them you can't do the training you can't achieve team goals without the women beside you and I just want to give you the floor now just to what about the teammates? Maybe a story, maybe just uh, an over, like a blanket statement. Just thank you. Uh, I, I just know that they mean a lot to you. And yeah. among all the individual accolades and the national title and the four-time All-American status, yes, those are yours, but you give credit to the team. Oh, yeah. Um, so just a short little story, I guess. Um, I... I struggled a lot with making friends um, growing up. And, you know, when you don't feel um, like you have a strong support, I mean, I ha- my family was phenomenal, but if you don't feel like you really fit in or belong, it's hard to really achieve and be all that you can be if you don't feel like there's people behind you. And mm-hmm. um, I even kind of felt that in high school, I it wasn't until later, really, it wasn't until about my junior, senior year when I met a really good group of friends. And that was when I started improving my running in high school. But, um, when I got to, when I got to college and I made these, I met all my amazing teammates and it was really one of the first times I'd ever felt so loved and included and belonging. And I really, truly believe that that feeling helped me, um, become a better runner. And then all throughout my running career, you know, they, we pushed each other during workouts and we were supportive of each other. And when I was dealing with my running, with my eating stuff, they were always so supportive of me. And, um, and coach was, I mean, the number of times I texted him about, about random nothingness. (laughs) And the number of times I've met with him about so many different things, he, he's always been there for me and, and everyone on the team. And I just cannot, I, I'm like tearing up right now. (laughs) I cannot be more thankful for, for coach and for the team and for the, and for every, just how supportive and loving everybody is. I cannot. I, I definitely would not be who I am today if it wasn't for them. It's incredible the power of support systems and how critical they are to our lives. Yes, and definitely. You you said to Hope Athletics that um, you're planning to teach special ed uh, at an elementary school for a couple of years while also getting an endorsement in English as a second language. Are you still on par for that? Because I saw in the most recent Hope Athletics article, your plan is to do student teaching this fall in Denver at a mm. school for refugee children. That's awesome. Can you yeah. talk more on that? Um, well, so my student teaching, like you said, it's in Denver. Um, it's at a school with refugee kids, and I'm going to be in a first grade classroom. And it's definitely going to be tough because um, these kids have never had any interaction with the American culture or the English language and they suffer from a lot of, I mean, they've seen horrible things in their short lifetime. So they suffer from a lot of different, um, emotional impairments. And, 
Um, so that's definitely going to be a challenge, but, um, I, I mean, I keep asking God to show me a way that I can even begin to pay him back for everything he's given me. So I feel like this is kind of a sign of a start to what I could do to help, uh, to give back. And then after that, I don't know, I could not tell you what my plan is. I, I keep <laughs> up everything. I've been talking actually to in a track club out in Boulder about maybe running for them. So I might end up substitute teaching while running for them, um, for a year or so. Or, um, I, I do have a dream of going to a, um, Spanish speaking country and teaching English there while learning Spanish because I just, I don't know, I, I, it seems selfish to only know one language. <laughs> so I'd really like to learn Spanish, um, or I might get a job out in Colorado Springs or Denver, or I'll come home to Wheaton and work it here. So I, I cannot tell you what my plan is. So I'm just kind of letting the big guy upstairs um, show me that one. Show Absolutely. I was going to ask, is was that uh, Nashville steeple on June 10th, was that maybe your last steeple? Or are you still, it sounds like you're still kind of itching to, okay, now I'm at 1013. For the steeple, let's go sub ten ten, or maybe threaten ten flat down the road. Any running goals with steeple chase? Yeah, um, I think if I could get around ten minutes flat, that that would be amazing. Um, but I don't know. I've just kind of seen how much I've been able to improve over the years, and I just feel like I still have a lot left in me. So. Um, I think it would be cool to continue running for a club and just see if I can keep keep on this trend that I've been going on and keep improving and getting faster. Um, so I definitely have been toying with the idea of of doing more steeplechases in my future, but I, I don't know. I'm also really ready to, to take on the teaching world, um, so... I don't really know. I haven't made any big decisions on that one yet. Sure. And I, I want to congratulate you on the, the latest award that you received from MIAA. It's the highest individual honor for student-athletes, and um, you were awarded with the the Sheila Wallace Kovalchik Scholar Award, and that's an incredible honor and great words from Nordy and from Coach Cole on just what you mean to the team. Uh, what it, what does this award mean to you? I mean, it's just, it's yet another accomplishment and a, another great honor to add to that, to that resume. And, um, you know, Nordy in one quote says that you organized and led a conference on the recognition of and treatment for child abuse too, and just your awareness on that front. Um, yeah. What does it mean to, to have this award too? I, um, so the Hope um, Sports writer, Alan Babbitt, he called me and told me I had won this. And <laughs> the first thing I said was, okay, because I, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't even, it, it couldn't even register with me. I couldn't even believe it because, um, I mean, I'm the, I'm, I'm the best at talking myself down. And so I, I don't feel all that deserving of these types of things. And the fact that I'm getting these types of awards, it's just, I'm, I just, I can't believe it. And I'm looking at all the other athletes in the MIAA and 
I mean, there are just some amazing women out there who are such strong runners, strong in the classroom and amazing people. And um, so the fact that I was, that I was chosen, I, I still just can't wrap my mind around it that anyone would, that I could win it over some of these other ladies, but mm. I, I am so appreciative and thankful that people think so highly of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to know that's entire conference wide. That's not just cross country and track and field. That's quite the accomplishment. Um, going back quickly to the, the music city distance carnival race. Did you race in your hope singlet? Because I read that, that 1013 counts as an official NCAA time, making you the fourth fastest ever. Is that, am I right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. When I was talking to the meet director, Dave, he told me, he suggested that I wore the Hope uniform because um, if I did run a big PR and um, that it would qualify for NCAA uh, records. Hmm. So I did. And knowing you and not being fully satisfied, are you now kind of ticked that you're not top three all-time D3? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of a little bit, but it's fine. I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was two weeks after your national title, and then this award that I just mentioned came out June 15th. Um, just a couple of of quick hitters to wrap things up here. We're over an hour 20, but this has been quite the conversation um you told so quick hitters just i mean you can answer quickly but you can also elaborate more if you want um you told hope athletics uh favorite bible verse psalm 1 3 uh, because it emphasizes the strength and prosperity a person can find through firmly rooting themselves in christ i guess i'm not going to make this a quick hitter i just want you to talk about what how has faith tied into your running and your academics and just the balance of division three scholarships, academic scholar and athletic scholar. I mean, the whole experience is really unique and to be able to balance, like you said, you had student teaching and you mm -hmm. had full-time training and you have these lofty goals for outdoor track and for your cross seasons and just balancing schoolwork with uh, what you want to get done on the course and on the track. Uh, how did faith just propel you through, and uh, what does it mean to know God's with you along the ride through this this jam-packed four-year hope career? <laughs> yeah, it um, faith has been huge during all of this. I I cannot count the number of times I have just started crying over stress of of life and um, it has been, I mean, over my time at Hope, my faith has grown so much and it wasn't all that strong my freshman year and it, it progressed up through senior year and now it's stronger than it's ever been. But um, as it's grown, my confidence um, in not necessarily myself, but in my future, I guess, has grown because um, I've just been able to trust in God and in his plan and um, trust that in all the challenges that life will bring me, that he'll, he will be there and help me through it. Um, and 
so it it has definitely played a, an enormous role in my in these past four years. Awesome, and you also had a co-ed service fraternity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how, what, what did that entail, and what was? I know you talked to Hope Athletics also about a, uh, you kids' food basket, and where you made sack suppers for students who were on free or reduced lunch. Uh, just talk more about that that fraternity involvement. Uh, yeah, so that started about my sophomore year. Um, I I was in a class with a girl, and she told me about this um, this service fraternity, and I just thought it was a really cool thing to be a part of. And so I joined, and um, we just did several different um, things to help help the community we would do kids food basket which was my personal favorite because it because um, being a future teacher I just love the idea of helping kids um, and we would or we would do some fundraising things um, and it was really just a group of people who were passionate about um, helping others who uh, needed needed a little bit of extra help and um, I, I actually didn't end up getting to be a part of it my senior year because of um, student teaching, but I, it was it was a really great thing to be a part of and to be surrounded. I was so influenced and inspired by these women and um, their passion to help others. Cool. You said your your favorite pre meet pre race music is generally rap or hip hop music. Are, are there any? <laughs> Any specific artists you want to shout out now for prepping you um, for these races? Probably Eminem. Yeah. I listen to a lot of classic Eminem songs, especially, um, you know, his, like, very pump-up songs, like Lose Yourself or whatever. So, sure. Um, yeah, I love the Eminem's probably my guy. What's your preferred training shoe? Are you an Asics? Is that what you run in, training-wise? Uh, you, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Look at my Had shoe. A check. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely Asics. Um, I have a very weird foot. It's very narrow and long, and Asics just does a really great job of making shoes for, that work well with my weird foot type. So I've been running in the same um, gel Nimbus Asics shoes for I don't know the past three years, and they worked pretty well for me. <laughs> Did you you race the Nikes right? Nike spikes, for yeah. track at least. Yeah, I raced in Nike spikes. I think I think my whole running career because they they just, I mean I love Nike plus they look really cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Any pre race meal? Any nutrition go to throughout your Hope career? What was a what was you had to have it before a race or maybe when you refuel too what what do you do after a race or after a tough workout so basically do you have a go-to meal do you have a go-to energy bar before races what's the deal on that front um i try really hard not to get into like too much of a routine cuz then if it doesn't happen i start to panic but um definitely i mean after after hard workouts, I kind of 
at least once I started becoming healthy again, I would just eat really anything that I could find to try to refuel. <laughs> um, a lot of, definitely a lot of carbs, pasta, um, bread, cereal, stuff like that. Before, before races, I uh, definitely love spaghetti and chicken. That's usually my go-to. Um, and the morning before is actually my, the one that I'm pretty religious about. I have to have either a, um, a toast or a bagel or a waffle with peanut butter and a banana. If I don't have that, it's, it just all hell breaks loose. <laughs> because I don't know why I just have to have that the morning before a race. Favorite steeplechase workout? Favorite or toughest that you can remember? Oh, goodness. There was one workout. I think I was doing, I was doing 400s over barriers. And um, they were, they weren't super fast. So it was um, kind of to build that endurance. But I think I had to do maybe 14 or 16 400s or whatever over these barriers. And, um, you know, at the start it wasn't too bad, but Mm-mm. by the time everyone else was leaving the track, cause their workout was over, I was only halfway done. And, um, it was definitely very hard for that last half of the workout. Um, and it was such a challenge, but I kind of really enjoy those types of challenges. So, um, it was, it was a fun, but horrible workout. All at once. <laughs> Did you hear from Sherry McCormick after you broke her school record in the 5K? Um, yeah, I did, actually. She texted me so proud of all that I've accomplished and um, just the fact that I've grown so much as a runner, as a person. She was so happy for me. That's which awesome. Which is great because if I'm being totally honest, I don't know how I'd feel when <laughs> the person will break my record. Probably really excited, but probably a little a little upset at the same time, but she was super supportive of it. Awesome. If, uh, if you had to explain the pain train to someone who has no clue what that <laughs> means, you know, you, you paint it on your legs during cross. It's, it's becoming a hope women's cross country tradition and staple. What is the pain train to those who don't know? Um, the pain train is a group of runners who train together, race together, and, Um, it's just, so if you're running a hard workout or running a race and you're starting to really die and, um, because the pain is just really getting to you, you got to hop on that pain train with all your other teammates, um, who are struggling right along with you. And, um, you guys kind of latch onto each other and work together, um, to work through that pain and, um, you know, help each other achieve, achieve what you're able to achieve by overcoming that, um, physical and mental strain. You got to earn that ticket aboard the pain train. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) And then incoming freshman to hope, if you had just a quick word of advice, even more so for well, the cross runners and then, you know, aspiring steeplechasers, um, any parting words you'd give them if you had, if you had time to sit down and, and shed some, some advice on them? Um, 
Oh, gosh. It's kind of <laughs> like, though, it's, you know, uh, an often asked question, you know, what would you give, yeah. what advice would you give to incoming freshmen from now, what you've learned in a complete four-year collegiate career? I would probably say um, a couple things. One, uh, enjoy enjoy the experience because you are now about to be surrounded by some of the most amazing people that you will have ever come in contact with. So just cherish cherish the moments um, and just have so much fun. And then also, I would tell them that they are um, that they are capable. I so firmly believe that anyone is capable of more than they than they think that they are. And um, when when it's starting to hurt and um, you want to pull back, you just have to think like how you have to think about how bad do you want to improve? How bad do you want to achieve the goals that you have set for yourself? And if you keep that in mind and keep pushing yourself, you will be able to achieve things that you truly did not think possible. Great. I approve of those words. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steeple in Nashville on June 10th, you go 10-13, you don't have, are you taking time off now? Like, what's next for Aaron Herman in terms of running any race scheduled now, or is it just... Now it's time to enjoy the summer a little more, uh, gather what I need before I head out to Denver. Um, any more summer plans on the radar for you? Um, probably this whole week I've been taking basically off. Um, so probably no more races for the summer, but I think I am going to restart training harder um, in the case that I decide that I do want to run for that track club. Yep. What track club is that again? Um, the Boulder. I think they're just called the Boulder Track Club. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, Aaron, it's been a blast. It's been over an hour and a half. <laughs> a lot of great information and stories and advice and just from your perspective. I wanted to hear a lot about it, and I'm glad we found the time, got in depth like that. And I just want to, again, as a Hope alum, just I'm proud of you. And that's that's a well-deserved career and a career you just get, you're going to cherish it forever. The memories with teammates and, and now everything that you've garnered um, individually wise. And, but it's, it's really the, those memories and the coaches, the teammates that are going to be with you till the end and. I want to give you the floor for any parting words to uh, maybe Coach Norty, again to your teammates, just to wrap this podcast up. Um, but again, just much appreciation for taking this much time. I, I'm i grateful for it. Uh, well, first, I, I want to say thanks for, <laughs> for everything that you said and for um, asking me to be on your podcast. I it, This has been a lot of fun, and it's been fun just to be able to talk to you again and um, yeah, I really enjoyed um, enjoyed this. And parting words, I don't know. I just thank you, <laughs> the world, to God, to to every person I've ever come in contact with for um, just being you because you are all just the most special people that I've 
that I've ever met, and I just love you all so much. <laughs> Great, and it was fun to keep up. That I just had a year with you, I hope, but just your final three years and just seeing the improvement and, and seeing uh, you, you lead this team and the team accomplishments along with uh, watching you race these national races, these big-time events. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope maybe we can do a follow-up podcast down the road and see where you're at. You know, a year from now, or whenever. But it was yeah. it was a blast to have you on, and I appreciate the time, Aaron. Yeah, of course. Thank you again so much. It was nice talking to you. You got it. Thank you once again for listening to Hooray Run Podcast Episode 7. Much appreciation to Aaron for taking the time over an hour and a half. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Aaron, again, way to represent Hope College. Check out HoorayRun.com. Hooray Run on social media, Facebook page, Twitter, it's at Hooray underscore Run. Hooray Run Instagram could be making a comeback. Be on the lookout for that. Hooray Run podcast, it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, podcast app on your phone, it's on Stitcher, tell a friend, recommend, leave a review. Many thanks to Mikey a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud for the intro-outro beats. Also want to give Jared DeMeester a shout-out. Jared is the man behind the Hooray Run podcast logo and Hooray Dad, the man you see in Hooray Run logos and profile pictures. That's illustrated by Jared DeMeester. Thank you, Jared. Could be having Jared on a podcast in the next week or two. Episode 7, shout-out to Kevin. Yeah, my friend Kevin Bauman, he's getting married in a week and he's a fan of the pod. 